this is Mr. Beverly Hills, and I'm going to use, you know, the Internet's dead. The Internet's done. I'm using the phone, and I'm using this here podcast, Main Event Status Radio, to launch my career in phone broadcast singing. I'm going to take this phone. The CMAs are here. The AMAs are here. Everybody's here, and they want to hear me sing. Ha, ha, ha. Ain't I great? From the intersection of Sunset Boulevard and Bastry, Minnesota, you download Main Event Status Radio with your host, Mr. Beverly Hills, Kino 210, and the Dirty Dog Dirty. Live from Liberty, New York. Live the high school here somewhere in new york this is main event status radio and i am the goretta on the podcast i am the dirty dog monsoon folding in from new york state <laughs> is the heartbreak beverly how's it going beverly hills oh you know i can't lie i've been better i've been better uh dirty dog monsoon uh I've been dealing, Mrs. Beverly Hills and I have been dealing with internet difficulties. We've called stupid Comcast like three times in the last week. Our internet is just, it craps out on us on and off. Oh, God. But by hook or by crook, main event status radio takes place. And, uh, you know, Dirty Dog, tech support, he's he's calling me on Skype. We're We're all good. We're all good to go. Unlike this Monday Night Raw that we reviewed, Beverly Hills, us recording this episode did not occur last year. <laughs> oh, yeah. Let me, yeah, tell me when did they record it. Okay, before we get into that, okay. Beverly Hills, Apologize. do you want to explain as best as you can, as clear as you can on your telephone, what we are doing for this new series? Got it. Okay, well, you know, we're we're getting into the probably the best part of the year, WWE style, the the WrestleMania season. So we thought what better way to set up WrestleMania season twenty fifteen than to go back twenty years and do the entire WrestleMania series of nineteen ninety five. So we're starting with the first Raw of the year. We're going to go through uh, WrestleMania. We might do a couple detours along the way, but we'll be on that road to get us to WrestleMania 11, the granddaddy of them all. And it makes me smile, Beverly Hills, that you said we were going back 20 years, which I thought about the other day. You know, this past week when I was thinking about, you know, this series, and it only makes sense to go back 20 years on our 20th episode. Oh, really? Yes. Right on, right on. Alice, we had some uh, detours with some special casts, but for a regular cast, this is episode number 20, Beverly Hills. Right on. Perfect. And before I asked you nicely to uh, explain explain what the series we're doing, Alice, the dirty dog, does some dirty research, Beverly Hills. Yes, tell me about the dirty research. I stayed on the grid free, Beverly Hills, where you could get off. 
<laughs> this Monday Night Raw that we're, up, that we're reviewing from January 2nd, 1995, episode 93 from the WWE Network aired yes. January the 2nd, 1995, and it was taped Monday, December 12th, 1994. Really? December 12th, huh? Yeah, so almost huh. a month before, like three wow. weeks before. Because I, I was going to say that, like, this crew that's on this show, it seems almost like a holiday crew because there's only, what, like six people that perform? So I figured that it was, like, right around the holidays. So it is kind of surprising to me that you say that it was recorded almost a month prior. I know we reviewed the Monday Night Raw after WrestleMania 11 a couple yes. months ago. And right. uh, I know I, I like to do some... Why well, I like to call it my dirty research, and I noticed <laughs> that raw that we reviewed was like a month. It was taped a month before. Yeah, how, yeah, they how, were. Oh, go ahead, Beverly uh, Hills. They they kind of played fast and loose with the air dates uh, in this time period. You know, it's like that really lean time in WWF. They're kind of struggling financial wise, so I think they kind of had to do what they could with their air with their air dates and their tape dates and stuff like that. Yeah, because I do remember ranting on that episode. I think it was called, like, Sid Snaps or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Well, I remember ranting how much it bothered me that they're doing already doing the post-WrestleMania angles a month before WrestleMania. Right. Well, and I mean, that's, a, that's something different altogether because... You can't, I don't know, in my opinion, it's really hard that you, you're running your post-biggest show of the year angles before the, the things took taking place. Like that, this is maybe a little different because you are, you know, in the holiday season, you're maybe giving the guys a break or whatever. Um, that other thing, I think that's almost a whole, whole entire deal to it under itself. Yes. So we might as well get into the show. And before we get the classic raw intro, Beverly Hills... We get yes. Jeff Jarrett and the roadie open up the show, and Double J tells the viewers on the USA Network back in 1995 and on the WWE Network here in 2015 that he's using the World Wrestling Federation as a platform into his country music career. Yes. Tonight is the night. <laughs> Reps from the CMAs, the AMAs, they're here to hear me sing. And knowing where his career has gone in the last 20 years, Beverly Hills, I I think he might be using the GWF to help uh, help uh, shoot him off since WWF and WCW and even TNA didn't help him out. Yeah, yes, yes. His ultimate goal of conquering Nashville, he's used all these different platforms and none of them have worked. <laughs> then we get the classic uh, intro Beverly Hills. How excited were you to finally go back to a early Monday Night Raw? Yeah, it's been a while. I was thinking that when I was watching it this morning before my internet took a crap, uh, I was like, wow, it's been a while since we've played, uh, since we've done a Raw. So it was kind of nice. I am happy you were able to get this, able to watch this Raw before your internet crapped out, Beverly. Yeah, I am too. Then we get something unusual for a Monday Night Raw. Beverly, do you yep. want to tell us who the host is and his co-host? 
Okay, all right. So we got Gorilla Monsoon, who is, I'm here filling in for Vince McMahon, who's under the weather. And, and then with him is even kind of a strange one, too. Uh, we got the HBK. The HB shizzle. Yeah, yeah. And he says that the reason Vince isn't there is because he woke up to discover that he isn't a kid anymore. He isn't <laughs> a kid like the, like the heartbreak kid, so he couldn't come in. That that's funny. I love Shawn Michaels, and uh, to uh, spoil it a little bit for the listeners of Main Event Status Radio, I am a couple weeks er, couple weeks early, or I, I guess I'm ahead a couple weeks on viewing a Monday Night Raws, and Shawn Michaels is with us on color commentary, at least to the Royal Rumble. Oh, my. And I feel like he had better chemistry on air with Vince McMahon than he did with Gorilla Monsoon. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't. I think it was too awfully bad. I thought I think Gorilla always <laughs> has done a pretty good job playing off heel color commentators. So I think he did a pretty good job kind of setting up HPK. Uh, I just may. I don't know. Maybe you think HPK and Vince work better because Vince is kind of like I don't know. I don't want to use any dirty language, but Vince loves Shawn Michaels. Yeah. So he's willing to, I think he's willing to kind of just let him do whatever. Yeah, because I, you know, yeah, like you said, Gorilla is great on working with the heel commentators, you know, Bobby Heenan, Jesse Ventura. But I feel like, you know, at this time, Gorilla had his better days behind him for, for commentary. Oh, yeah. I wouldn't, I don't think anyone could argue with you on that one. And That's I, completely true. And but, I, I mean, I think we're I okay. think we're in a different era too, Gorilla. You know, not that Vince was ever obviously like a move calling guy, like never. But I think the viewers, or at least us viewing it, maybe want a little more than what Gorilla did in kind of his heyday. Yeah, it makes sense. Yeah, because I know. I guess you know. Yeah, that. No, nothing against Shawn Michaels, but he isn't a Bobby Heenan or he isn't a Jesse Ventura. Oh, of course. Yeah, and that's that's clearly nothing against him because those are, if not the two best, two of the very best color commentators that we've seen in wrestling history. But yeah, like like mentioned that when uh, the show opened up, Gorilla, welcome us to Monday Night Raw from Liberty, New York. No, yeah, welcome. That can I talk about where? Can I talk about where it is? Yes, please. <laughs> okay. So I looked at, so I thought, you know, this looks weird. Like, are we at the um, Mid Hudson Civic Center? Are we at the in the Poconos again? Like we were that other episode. So I looked it up. I went to historyofww.com. The history of WWE, by by the way, just if anyone's looking, it's not just history because that's a whole other website. So you go to the history of WWE.com. Um, and I looked it up and it's in Liberty, New York, like you said, but it's at the high school and I just wanted to pose you to it, pose it to you, I guess. Like, could you imagine raw in 2015 being in a high school? It, to me, when we talked about it off air, I was surprised to hear that raw was at a high school. Cause I used, I think wiki, uh, some kind of wiki site to pull up my, Results because you know I type in WWF Raw ninety five results and it's usually the first site that pops up. 
and, yep. and, and all that. And you most of the time it says, you know, the town and the venue. And for this episode, you didn't have the venue. And I was going to look uh-huh. back at maybe see, see if they had, you know, the same, you know, because normally, you know, they record two, three rounds in the same, at the same location. I was going to look back to 94 results to see if it was at the same place, but I never got around to doing it. I am happy uh-huh. with Beverly Hills. You were able to do some research before you went off the grid. Yeah, yes, yes. But I did, you know, it is crazy. And I do think, like, again, how could, well, just a high school. Like, could you imagine 2015 being in high school? But I did think that they did a pretty good job masking it. Yeah. Like, just, you know, and I didn't know, obviously, from the looks of it. I don't think you did either. You know, from the looks of it, it didn't exactly look like a high school. So I thought at least they didn't, you know, it wasn't too obvious. Yeah, so I, I did notice, like, at the opening of Raw, the or at least a couple opening shots, the the roof seemed pretty small, pretty close to the yeah. ground. That's, mm, yeah, it was pretty low, yeah. And that's all, that was that happened in the opening match that we were get, about to get get into, and I that's the only time I really thought of thought of anything about it. It, a, yeah. After that, after I kind of got used to it, within the first like a couple minutes of the, of the of the episode, it didn't bother me at all. Sure. So yeah, then yeah, Gorilla and you know, welcome to Monday Night Raw. Introduce Shawn Michaels while the Million Dollar Man's theme song is playing in the background. Indeed, indeed. And Sean said that even though Rod Stewart had set the attendance record in Rio de Janeiro on New Year's Eve. It will pale in comparison to the Double J singing debut, <laughs> which makes me laugh. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You know, besides that, you know, Gorilla and Sean go down what we will see on Rod tonight. That we will see the yeah, like you said, the singing debut of Jeff Jarrett <laughs> and the tag team match between the Allied Powers taking on Tantanka and the Bam Bam from the Million Dollar Corporation. Yes. Then after that, we see the Bammer and Mr. DiBiase walking down the aisle, and Martin Sood says, money motivates you. <laughs> he was talking, he was trying to pontificate about money like the whole time. Yes, and Beverly Hills, I was able to get the opening moments of that episode of Gorilla Welcoming Us and Shawn Michaels Talking. Okay. I'm going to insert it into the podcast right here. Happy New Year, everyone, and welcome to the very first edition of Monday Night Raw for 1995. I'm Gorilla Monsoon, filling in for Vince McMahon, who's a little bit under the weather, unlike you, Shawn Michaels. Well, Vince McMahon awakens in the New Year with the harsh, bitter reality that he's not a kid anymore. Well, Vince McMahon, Shawn Michaels, is still the heartbreak kid, and it most assuredly is. Happy New Year. What a way to kick off 1995, the singing debut of Double J. I believe that's when I hear it. We know Rod Stewart set a new attendance record last night in Rio de Janeiro. But a pale comparison with the singing debut of Double J tonight on Monday Night Raw. And of course, that big tag team matchup, Native American Tatanka teaming up with Bam Bam to face Lex Luger and the British Bulldog. Hey, perhaps 1995, some gold will find its way to the Million Dollar Man's corporate. The Million Dollar Man has resolved that 1995, and gold will come his way tonight. Happy New Year, everyone! Well, that's what it's all about right there, money motivation. Perhaps 1995, Sean, will be a banner year for the corporation. 
And we're back. I hope you guys enjoyed hearing Gorilla. Welcome to Monday Night Raw with the Million Dollar Man's theme song playing in the background. <laughs> money bags. So, That's what Michael's kept calling Dibiase yes. is the money bags. So we get the opening match with Bam Bam Bigelow and Tatanka take on the allied powers of Lux Luger and the British Bulldog. You got it. But what, Beverly, do you remember when Lux Luger and the Bulldog came together and, and formed the allied powers? Well, I'm thinking it's actually after this. Okay. Yeah, like when they kind of officially become a tag team. It doesn't exactly seem like they're a unit at this point. Yeah, because, yeah, they came out separately. They weren't right. announced officially as the Allied Powers, which yes. made me sad because I really like their their combination theme song. I love their combination theme song. That's just what I was going to say, that I really missed their combo um, USA slash God Save the Queen song. I love I love that song. So, I yes, I indeed was also disappointed. Dude. I'm sure I did a horrible version of that, but... No, that was awesome. I apologize to all English listeners. Yes. I was thinking about that this past week at work, so I watched this episode last weekend. Like I had, you know, a forty weekend, and uh, yep. a- after you left Beverly Hills, and and yeah, it made me sad that you know they didn't come out to that combination mix. Like, darn it, I am sad, but I'm looking forward to them debuting that theme song here within a few weeks. Right on, yes, yes. Hopefully, between here and WrestleMania, we hear it. So yeah, then we uh, we might as well get into this match, Beverly, and I'll let you talk about the match. Do it. Okay, so, yes, as you said, the heels came out first, and then Luger comes out by himself. As you alluded to, they come out separately. And then when Luger gets in the ring, the uh, Bammer and Tatanka gang up on him, but Bulldog is pretty is out pretty quick to stop it. Um, Sean, here's where Sean inserted a great line, in my opinion. Luger's resolution is to not be so stupid in the new year. <laughs> That made me laugh. Yes, I know. Talk, talk <laughs> about one liners that Sean mentioned. I know there's one line that I wrote that can't remember exactly where he said it, but I know it was within the opening moments to, or within a few minutes of the of it of the match starting. He said, "Do you want to see something clean, Gorilla?" When Michael, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's right on the time when uh, I think Gorilla is going off about how he only wants to see clean finishes here on Monday Night Raw. Yes, he did. Yep. Maybe some foreshadowing. Yeah, that's what I was going to say. It might be some foreshadowing. I don't know. <laughs> so uh, Luger turned the tide with a really nice flying clothesline, in my opinion. But then he so he blocks, uh, I think, oh, yeah, Bam Bam in an arm bar. And he's just like, it's as lazy an arm bar as you've ever seen. Like, he's just like staring forward. And he's not like doing anything with his eyes, just literally like sitting there. And I'm like, come on, Luger, come on. Uh, another, here's another funny HPK line. He called out the fact that Lex only does clotheslines. <laughs> Did you catch that? No. He's like, no. he's like, oh, another clothesline from Lex. I swear, that's the only move this guy does. Well, talking about <laughs> Shawn Michaels calling out Lex Luger, and you calling Lex Luger off for looking a little bit lazy. This will yeah. be towards. 
end of the match. But a line that Michael said I feel like is fitting to mention right here, or Michael said, he looks like he's out of gas. <laughs> he did look like he was out of gas. I know. Sean, uh, God, as a rule, I don't really like Sean Michaels on commentary for these reasons. He loves to kind of get these kind of backstage jabs in. It sure seems like, it, you know, saying, and then I think he kind of like writes it off as just being a heel, but, you know, when he says things like Lex is running out of gas and, stuff like that, I feel like it's kind of like has some truth behind it or some, you know, kind of real feelings behind it, you know what I mean? Yeah. No, I just found that funny that it's well known, I guess, in 2014, 2015 on different podcasts and all that, looking back, you know, from the 80s and 90s with Lux Luger's career that Lux Luger is, gets winded rather quickly. Yeah, sure. It, yeah. Just, it just made me laugh hearing Sean call Lux Luger out about that, that we aren't the only, us podcasters aren't the only one to call Lux Luger out for being out of gas. Oh yeah, for sure. So, as the caller man, I'll kick this one to you. What's your opinion of Tatanka as a heel? I guess, I swear, do you want me to give you my opinion in 2015 or in 1995? Doesn't matter, either. I guess, well, in 1995, I, I guess I really don't remember. Um, <laughs> that's what I was asking, but I guess in 2015, looking back at it now, to me, it really doesn't matter. I guess, okay. I guess I like looking back at, you know, doing what we're doing now is, you know, looking at a few months worth of TVs to, I guess, to be able to connect better with the storylines and connect better with the, with the characters. Yep. Um, I guess, you know, the few episodes that we reviewed with Tatanka as a face, and this episode of with him being a heel to me it really doesn't matter. You know, if, okay. you want, if you remember to ask me here in a few weeks, you know, maybe after sure. the rumble, if I can get a better taste of Tantanka as a heel, then I can probably give you a better a better answer. But I guess for me right now, either way, it don't really matter. You know, Tantanka right. ain't really that great in the ring. I guess he, yeah. you know, for '95, he was one of the better in ring competitors that McMahon had. Yeah. But I guess you know, yeah, it, was, I just, it was nice to see him do something different from what WWF had him for a year or two before. Sure. I just thought that it seemed like all he was doing was just moving really slow. Like his idea of being a heel was just to like go at 30%. <laughs> and so I was just kind of bored because he was doing kind of the same things. He wasn't really doing any type of like cheating or anything, he was just moving very slowly. Well, you so. know, I know you mentioned that, you know, Tataka was moving rather slowly. You know, like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, that, I, that I'm a few weeks ahead of us recording. And I'll have to say that, at least, uh, no, well, this is, you know, this Raw, then there's two more Raw before the Rumble. I will say, this is, uh, I guess, more boring, uh, the, mo the most boring episode of Raw that we will review in 95 up to the Royal Rumble. Yeah, and we can, and I haven't, but I imagine that it is. Um, I imagine that that is kind of uh, representative of of one of those Raws that maybe is working with a with a small crew. Uh, you have a lot, you know, between the two segments of this match, very long one match, couple of jobber matches, you know, not a lot else. I think that's kind of what they do on that either that last. Um, 
show where they've taped several in one night or on those nights where they have a you know very small crew going up to the high school in Liberty, New York. Yeah. So we might as well get into the finish, Beverly. You want to tell us what oh, happened? Oh, yeah, sure. Yep. So, well, I did want to say that Bulldog was very happy when a USA chant was <laughs> breaking out, which I thought was kind of awkward. But so Lex powered out of a, of a bear hug, got a couple kicks to the face on Tatanka. Oh, Bigelow did come in and take over. He did like four headbutts. I don't know, I think that was later. He did a headbutt on Luger this time, and Gorilla said it was like the Hindenburg, <laughs> <laughs> which is a little awkward invoking like, you know, 200 people dying in a burning uh <laughs> in a burning airship, but whatever, girl, it's your choice. At least he didn't. Um, at least he didn't bring back the his famous Pearl Harbor line. <laughs> it's true. Yeah, yeah. Um, but Lex was able to catch Bam 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 in a in a power slam. Able to tag in Bulldog. Bulldog, Bulldog got to talk into his running power slam, put him down for the pin, but he was pulled out by DiBiase. Which in, you know started up a big uh, kind of Donny Brook on the outside, which led to a double countout. Yes, and I ready this match one star Beverly Hills. Nice. And I, I, uh, and Alex say is because I thought this was a okay of an opener. I enjoyed the start of the match, you know, with the all four men, you know, brawling, brawling out, you know, and then the referee getting, gaining control. And kind of like what you said. You know, towards the middle of the match, it got a tad bit boring when Tatanka was in the ring. You know, and I feel like the ending wasn't that great. Okay. I will go one and one, one and three quarter star for this match. Okay. Makes for much of the same reason. I thought, you know, it was that when we learned that they come back and wrestle again, it makes sense that, yeah, they went really slow this match. It wasn't a lot of. You know, cool stuff. But I did. You know, those few moments that I liked were were nice to me. So I, that's why I went. No, yeah, then uh, after the match, Bulldog was ramming Bammer's face in the turnpost and all that. Then yeah. Tatanka and Luger were punching and kicking each other. Then there was a bunch of referees that came out and were able to pull them apart. Good job, referees. Sean said that whoever was getting his head rammed into the post that he was going to have to come out later and find his teeth. <laughs> that were embedded into the post. That's funny. <laughs> then we get the Royal Rumble report with Todd Pengale. <laughs> the, the Toddster girl says, we're going to go to the Toddster with the Royal Rumble report. I am very, very sad. Todd Pengale was not wearing a, a Royal Rumble 95 jean jacket. And he, I'm sad he didn't say he's been waiting eight years for the Royal Rumble 95. <laughs> Todd was Todd was looking at his far side death calendar. He loves the far side. I love the far side too. You ever read that comic? No. I don't read that much Beverly Hills. I'm disappointed. In you. It's just pictures. Okay. It's just pictures. <laughs> it's, like, it's like newspaper comic. It's funny. That explains, that. That explains a lot about Todd Pentengill. <laughs> I thought it was really funny. So this explains a lot about Todd Pentengill and you too. Todd, like you, is sick of football. <laughs> I, f- I figured you would relate to this as a, you know not a big football fan. And just because of what we're doing, Beverly Hills, I'll have to do one quick thing, Beverly. Okay, that's it. 
<laughs> I, have to, I have to say, I was extremely excited for Todd Pentangale's Royal Rumble report. <laughs> Are you happy that he's sick of football like you? Yes, Beverly Hills. And I am happy that Super Bowl is coming in about a month to end all this football stuff. Yeah, well, also, and I figured you probably didn't know this, but Todd correctly predicted that the 49ers were going to win the Super Bowl. Did he? No, I don't think, no, you know, no one gives him enough credit for that, I, you know, because he was like, why don't we just get it over with, give the 49ers the rings and be done with it. <laughs> Lo and behold, a month later, 49ers win the Super Bowl. Holy crap, Todd Pettengill, you are a I'm, Nostradamus of your time. He is a procrastinator. I, I'm sure I didn't <laughs> butcher that, but yes. <laughs> so, yeah. He's not a procrastinator. He's a prognosticator. Yes. So yeah, Todd Pettengill was talking about how the Rumble is about three weeks away. The, the Rumble yep. is live on Sunday night, January 22nd, 1995 from Tampa, Florida, and only on pay-per-view, not the WWE yes. Network. Nope. And Todd nope. tells and he us... Does... Oh, go ahead, okay, Beverly. Go ahead. Okay. Well, he, he manages to sneak in a line that, uh, you know, a, a reference right on 1986 when he's like, don't be like Bill Buckner and miss it. <laughs> It's from the 1986 World Series. I know, super topical, right? Yes. <laughs> then, yeah, Todd tells us to call our cable provider, Todd. I will be right on top of that. <laughs> oh, God. Well, I've been calling my cable provider uh, nonstop over the last week, and I'm about ready to give him Todd Pengel's name. I guess, Beverly, I am happy. We still have a few more weeks for you to be able or, able to order the Royal Rumble 1995. <laughs> Awesome. Yeah, Todd also tells us that Pamela Anderson is our Royal Rumble host. Ooh, ooh, la la. <laughs> Beverly, do you really remember or did you look into why Pamela Anderson was so popular in 1995? Oh, well, she was just super popular because of um, Baywatch, which was a hugely popular show. I want to say. At some point, it was like the most watched show around the world because, uh, you know, it, it could be seen in all different countries and stuff. Um, <clears throat> you know, and she was just really popular from that. She was popular from her appearances in nudie magazines and stuff like that. So it, this was, at, you know, when we look at like the stars, quote unquote, that the WWE gets and stuff, usually it's pretty kind of like lame. When we look at like Leslie Nielsen or we look at like Drew Carey and stuff, but this was a pretty big deal. She was super popular in 1995. So, yeah. Yeah, then Todd, you know, also plugged other matches on the Rumble that the WWF title will be on the line when Champion Diesel will face challenger Bret Hart. Yes. The Intercontinental title is also on the line when Champion Razor Ramon goes against his challenger Jeff Jarrett. Yeah, so that somebody's glasses may crack if Double J sings. Yes. I guess I'll take my glasses <laughs> off when before Jeff Jarrett sings. Yeah. The main event is The Undertaker versus IRS. Yeah. What role will the Druids play? Yes. Then Todd Pettengill plugs the Royal Rumble match. How it would be 60-second intervals for this, year, for this year. Yep. Did you write down the participants? No, I did not, Beverly. I did. Okay, who are they? Well, the first one is Lex Luger. The second one, oh, it's Doink. Okay, my computer auto-corrected it to Din. 
So I'm like, what? <laughs> oh, who's I was like, oh gosh, who's Dan? Okay, no, Alex Luger, Doink, Bob Backlund, King Kong Bundy, Dick Murdoch, who in his picture looked like he was wearing pajamas. <laughs> like those old, like, whole body red pajamas. Um, Aldo Montoya, Dude the Dumpster Josie, Quang, Adam Bomb, Henry Godwin, British Bulldog, HBK, Mabel, and Moe. And then that, and did I say Butch and Luke? Butch and Luke as well. Yes. Which <laughs> made me laugh. Then, uh, I guess, you know, the tag team title final will happen at the Rumble where, you know, the, how the tag team titles were vacated after Survivor Series when Shawn yeah. Michaels and Diesel were the tag team champions and they split up and Diesel won the WWF title a couple nights after that, so they had to give up the tag titles. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, they were having, you know, going through the tag team tournaments up to the Royal Rumble had the finals happen then. And can you help me out? Who ends up being in those finals? It, because I know it, it is IRS and Bigelow, but who's the other, or uh, sorry, Bigelow and Tatanka, who's the other team? One, two, three, kid, and Bob Spartplug Holly. Right, well, yeah, I guess I shouldn't get too ahead of myself, but I don't know. They aren't in the bracket. I don't know where they come from. We will talk about them in a little bit, Beverly Hills. You know, next couple okay. of weeks when, because Todd Pettengill will talk about the Tate Tunnel Tournament in the Royal Rumble Report. All right, I apologize. So, then yeah, Todd sends us green stud, and the roadie is working on the mic for Double J. <laughs> and I, you know, the roadie gimmick is really dumb. But man, did Road Dog play the hell out of it? He he was all about this freaking roadie thing, <laughs> and he's doing such a good job. I think, like you know, you've been to concerts, I've been to concerts. That is how roadies yeah. act. So I don't know. He was. I thought he was really doing a good job on that one. Well, talk about a good job, Beverly Hills. Let's <laughs> let's take our first message break for the podcast. Okay. We'll be right back here at Many Events Studies Radio next. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy of Many Events Studies Radio here to tell you two ways you can uh, check us out online. That's either manyeventstatus.com, that's the website, or over at soundcloud.com backslash radio. That's all one word. Again, our website is Status. Com, or over at soundcloud.com backslash main event status radio. Thank you guys for listening. After a hard night's work of backbreaking labor, the first thing I grab out of the fridge is an ice cold can of mellow yellow. This 12 ounce can of love cools me right off and mellows me down after a long night of stacking boxes perfectly. You want to cool off for a hard day's work or be mellow like me, a dirty dog Darcy of Main Event Status Radio? Grab a can of mellow yellow, crack it open, and stay classy. You know, ever since college, me and my brother Devon have had a real problem showing mercy. Back then, we showed no mercy in the classroom. And now, the Dudley Boys show no mercy in the ring. So when GHQ asked us to be the No Mercy spokesman, we naturally agreed. <laughs> Wage war in all new backstage areas. Perform vicious double team moves and show no mercy in the high-flying ladder match. WWF No Mercy for Nintendo 64. It doesn't get any better than this. Rated T. I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. 
on the phone is Mr. Beverly Hills 90210 <laughs> from the 90210 area or zip code. This is Vinny Vincetis Radio. How is it going, Beverly Hills? Yeah, I'm on the 9021 phone. Yeah, <laughs> calling in, running up the long distance charges. So, what's your <laughs> thoughts? Kidding. It's not 1995. What's your thoughts over the commercial break of of the roadie testing out the microphone? You know, I love the roadie test out the microphone. I just said it. We had a great time listening to the roadie doing test, test, one, two, three, on the microphone. Mike, 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 check. Mike, check. So this next match that we see features Duke, the dumpster drozy, versus Mike Bell. Yes, and I love that as Duke, Duke Drozzy's coming out, the roadie is, like, doing it. He's, like, hiding so that people don't, like, see him. Just like you, oh, my God, I just love the movie. Yeah, yeah, we see him I, hiding in the alley, in the aisleway when Duke's coming out. There is just, there's no reason why I should like the roadie so much, but I just really do like just watching him, like, hiding so that people don't look at him just like a roadie would be on stage. Ah, oh, I just love him. Well, talking about the roadie and how much you love him and, you know, Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, what's your thoughts on wrestlers? having gimmicks back in this time on having a full-time job outside of wrestling and wrestling on a part-time basis, kind of like like Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, the roadie, doink, and all that. You know, I don't know. I have mixed feelings on it because, like, jeez, ah, I don't know. It's always just so kind of cartoony, which is maybe not the best thing, but I, I don't know. Theoretically, like, someone might, have like another job you know right like someone might just wrestle on the side it's just weird when someone like Jeff Jarrett like I'm gonna wrestle so that I can take Nashville by storm well that doesn't really make sense um but I don't know just it doesn't help if someone's good they can transcend it like you know obviously Road Dog is able to through a couple of kind of incarnations of it make it work because he's so good, you know, like so charismatic, so good on the microphone. Um, whereas someone like Duke, the dumpster Drozzy, since he's not very good, you know, it ends up looking silly, you know, even sillier because he's just not that good. Yeah. Well, I guess I just want to get your thoughts on those characters since it's like during this time frame that oh, Vince, a lot. Yeah, Vince was high on, his performers, you know, playing a character that, you know, this is yeah. the, the, like Duke the Dumpster Drozzy, he, he is a full-time trash man, and he, <laughs> on his days off, he comes and performs with the WWF ring. Right, yeah, and we'll be getting T.O. Hopper in the next year, we'll be getting The Goon within the next year. We'll get Mantar um, within the next couple of weeks. <laughs> yeah, but he's, that isn't a job, he's just half cow. <laughs> Fair enough, but I'm just saying, I, <laughs> Uh, I have some thoughts on Mantar in the next few weeks. I can't wait. I love Mantar. So, yeah, we might as well get into this <laughs> so anyway, match, Beverly. I'll let you take over the match. Okay, we got Duke of the Dumpster Jersey facing off against the longtime jobber Mike Bell. Um, I do like Duke's outfit. He even wears a back brace, <laughs> <laughs> which I think is funny. Um it's kind of a, an awkward opening. He hits this huge bag body drop, and what does he do to capitalize? Chin lock. Yes. <laughs> Which is 
kind of like, oh, he doesn't know the flow of a match. You're going to, in a like minute squash match, hit a big move and then go right to a chin lock. Um, in the meantime, they talk about how William Shatner is going to be there next week, which I'm excited for. Uh, Dumpster hits a huge power slam on Bell, and then he says that he's going to take out the trash, and he hits the trash compactor, which is kind of like a, what would you call that? Like a spinning power slam dealie? Yeah. yeah, spinning, kind of like spinning, spinning, yeah, spinning power slam. Yeah, something like that. I thought it looked cool. Yeah, uh, yeah. It was, it was, and I love the name, the trash compactor. It was very neat, and I felt like the yeah the name for his finishing maneuver was perfect for the character. Right. Yep. And he picked up the win. Michael says that Mike Bell is striking a familiar pose. <laughs> <laughs> like you said, Duke the Dumpster picked up the victory. He also picked up the Dave Meltzer's famous dud rating for me, Beverly. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I'll go. I'll go quarter star on the front. Because for me, this match wasn't long enough for me to take out the trash. Give me a break. <laughs> Give me a break, dog. I, I guess that, you know, like you said, this is a jobber match. So what can you expect? Yeah, yeah. So uh, then, uh, Monsoon tells us about that. The beginning of the uh, the beginning of the oh tells us that if. Time permitting, we will get the opening tag match again in the main event. Yes. Then we get a video package building up Kama. Yes, who which was, I like. Who was Papa Shango, who will later become the godfather. Yep, he's driving through the desert on his motorcycle. And his character was supposed to be, what, uh, ultimate fighting, uh, uh, pretty much an MMA fighter? Yep, kind of, yeah. Yep. They say I'm the toughest. They say I'm the baddest man to walk the earth, and they're right. Then uh, we get uh, the roadie who's working on the, more, <laughs> more work, work on more of the wiring ringside. <laughs> Love it. Then we also uh, then we get a, a WCCW ask uh, PowerPoint about building up what we'll see after the commercial break, Beverly Hills. Oh Lord, yes. And we go to a commercial. Owen, Owen at the in the King's Court. Yeah, so then we go back, go to a commercial break. We come back, and we see the tag team title tournament, along with what's happening on WWF Superstars on the weekend before. Yes. Then we get the King's Court with Jerry the King Lawler and his guest Owen Hart. And before we get into this, yes. Beverly, what's Holmes, better than having one king than having two kings? <laughs> Before we get into this, Beverly Hills, how much did it bother you having Monsoon and Michaels talk over Jerry Lawler and the announcer's microphones were louder than Jerry the King's microphone? I did not think it was that bad. I guess I I picked up I thought, on I picked up on that Beverly Hills and I had to grab my ring bell because that pissed me off. <laughs> I thought they kept their talking to a minimum enough that they didn't take over too much. I guess, you know, they were, when they were talking, it was at the beginning, and when Lawler's trying to talk, and I'm like, okay, I'm trying to listen to Lawler kind of intro his segment, and it's kind of hard to when, you know, Monsoon and, and Michaels were talking, and their microphones were, or I guess their volume was louder than Lawler's, so it was hard to hear what Lawler was trying to say. Sure. So... 
But yeah, then uh, oh yeah, like you said, you know, Kane wanted to bring out another Kane on his on his talk segment, the Kane's Court, and he brought yep. out the King of Hearts, Owen Hart. Yes. So yeah, Owen was talking. You know, came out with a Bret Hart talk, talk about how he screwed over Bret Hart at Strider Series, making him lose the WWF title to Bob Backlund in an I Quit match. Uh-huh. And said that and Ono said that he had a great nineteen ninety four, beating Bret Hart at WrestleMania ten, winning the King of the Ring tournament, and cautioning Bret Hart the WWE title at Survivor Series. Which was his highlight. Yeah. <laughs> Owen was saying I guess that's the start of Owen's master plan. Yeah. Then Owen's Owen gave the Jerry Lawler an important scoop. That Owen said that he that he will approach one up Bret Hart, he will Win the take team titles, win the Intercontinental title, then become the WWF champion. And unlike Bret Hart, Owen's gonna win all those titles, but but he won't lose the WWF title and he won't quit like Bret. Yeah, and he's gonna retire with the belt. He's yes. gonna be the champion forever. What's your thoughts on Owen's promo, Beverly? Wasn't too bad. I thought you know overall it was it was pretty good, and it accomplished its goals. It's. Just it's always kind of awkward when in the era before monthly pay per views when you have Owen talking on a on a raw that airs January second, he's talking all the way back to Survivor series, which is you know, just I I think it's just because we're in the age of monthly pay per views where he's talking about the Survivor series like it happened just, you know, last week. But um you know, on the whole it was it was good to accomplish its goals. So you know, I, I guess it. you know, guess you know, with me saying that you know they, they taped this you know December December twelfth, you know, it's I true. Guess Survivor Series was only a couple weeks before. Yep, you're right. Yep, so that's it, accurate. It, so it makes sense, like I said, you know, with us being so used to monthly pay per views, it comes odd that I get you know it comes out that Owens still talk about Survivor Series, but in turn on Monday Night Raw this past week that. John Cena brought back the authority. And yeah. in Seth yeah. Rollins' promos, once in a while he brings up Stan, who costed him the Survivor Series match to make the Triple H and Stephanie lose power, storyline-wise. Sure. So I guess the way that Seth Rollins is, still, is pulling the own heart roll on bring, um, playing back to Survivor Series a little bit. Sure, yep. But like you said, I did find that a little odd as well. Uh-huh. So yeah, then they go to a commercial break, then we come back with Michael's talking about how uh, next week could be the second anniversary of Monday Night Raw. Yep, and they're they're going, it's funny, we were in a high school this week, and then we're going to the Summit in Houston, which is a NBA-level <laughs> arena, so we're going from, you know, 200 people to 20,000 people in one week. And I was going to say, Beverly Hills, you talked about how they shot this week's Raw pretty good. Yeah. I will say for the next two weeks at the summit, they they uh, they shot it very well enough to make it look like they were at full capacity and they weren't. And oh, I'm sure they weren't. I think. Did you have you perhaps looked at uh, attendance figures? I haven't, but I, I I haven't. But I'm sure either one of us will look at the attendance yeah, figures for the next, for next two week. weeks. But you know, like I yeah. said, I said, I'm I'm a couple weeks ahead of you know of. Mm-hmm. Taping and I guess I'm pulling a WWF in '94-'95, <laughs> and you know, yep. kind of like what you said that you know with this week. I noticed it with the next few weeks of how they 
their camera work and how they shot the arena to make it seem fuller, fuller than what they actually were, which I had to give credit to uh-huh. to Vince back then, and he knew how to shoot his product to make it look better, better than what it actually was. Yeah, well, that's key. I mean, when you're presenting a television product, uh, is to make the the people watching at home want, you know, to, you know, nobody wants to go to a dying show. Like, I don't want to go to a show that no one's at. So they have to present it like people are there. And, um, you know, doing a good job and making it look like there are people there even when there aren't is a key component to uh, running a TV product, I think. Yeah, the, the, yeah, the video package that you know that you know they were talking about you know for next week next week's route was will be Razor Ramon Razor Mo, defending the Intercontinental title against Owen Hart. Yes, and, and in the main event, the true main event. Yes, the yes, true main, yes, in the actual main event, put in Harvey Wimpleman versus Howard Finkel in a tuxedo match. God, why? I am so excited, Beverly Hills, for both those matches next week on Monday Night Raw. I am too. And I am so excited to talk about those matches here on Minute Event Status Radio. Yes, sir. <laughs> uh, Do you hear that big golf? I hope <laughs> I hope not. No, I I how I plugged Minute Event Status Radio and did my thumbs up like Nick Foley. I was waiting for my cheap <laughs> pop. That which I didn't get any, so I'm happy. Perfect. So we'll also get into this next match, which is I need your help pronouncing the jobber's name. It's Jeff Jarrett taking on Buck Quartermain. Quartermain. Quartermain? Yeah, like, yes. Like, say quarter and then say main. Quartermain. Yes, exactly. Jeff Jarrett versus Buck (laughs) Quartermain. Yep. Buck Buck Quartermain is a long, long time uh, jobber, kind of like that. They like that weird level of big indie star that never really made it into a national promotion. Like he was all, you know, in Florida, for instance, other places in the South, he was a pretty big deal. He might've, I don't know if he's ever been an NWA champion, but he's held like upper belts in that organization when it hasn't been associated like with WCW or TNA. But, um, yeah, he's kind of in that weird kind of uncanny valley between, like, local star and, you know, national star. Because this is the first time Buck's been on main event status radio, isn't it? <laughs> yeah, he was more of a WCW jobber, okay. too. Then, uh, it's weird that he actually made it up to New York here. That's kind of an odd place for him to be. Mike Bell, that's, that's more of a New York-based jobber. Okay. And over the next few weeks, Beverly Hills... I will yes. be asking you your opinion on Jeff Jarrett's attires. Oh, and I want yeah, to get your yeah, thoughts. Wow. I want to get your thoughts on Jeff Jarrett's attire on this week's edition of Monday Night Raw: the silver and pink nipple cage tights. Yes. Yeah, so yeah. So you had the silver nipple cage tights on. They had like some type of like Aztec pattern on them. Um, he and then he had like garland, like silver garland around his like legs, yeah. which really threw me off. <laughs> but you know what really threw me off? And whatever, I'm gonna just say it. 
his nipples are very tan <laughs> and it's a really strange sight. It kind of like creeped me out because it's like he got sunburned or something. He's probably in the tanning bed too long, but his nipples were very tan and it yeah. was really weird. And I'm sorry, listeners, that I brought it up, but whatever. Go back and look at 1995 episode, whatever, 93 of Raw. You'll see the, the nipples, they're creepy. And one thing I had to mention, which shouldn't be a surprise, is I enjoyed Jeff Jarrett's light-up fuzzy glasses. <laughs> his glasses are ridiculous. I might have to get me a <coughs> pair of his fuzzy gla- light-up glasses, along with my own light-up Jericho jacket. Oh my gosh, you'd be the man. Yes. I thought I about it. that, like, I have to mention this on a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> You'd be fantastic. Then, yeah, Jeff Jarrett right. grabbed a mic and put himself over and all that. Uh-huh. So, you know, like kind of opening of the podcast. You know, he's great. He's uh, he used the WWF to put himself, launch himself into the music career. And just like this, I'm launching you, Beverly Hills, into talking about the match. <laughs> yes. Okay. So this was uh, kind of a weird match because it's just like Jared doing moves not really stringing them together with any type of like character work or anything. He's just, it's just like move, 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 done. What he does, <laughs> he takes him down, steps on his back and then puts over the rope. Um, then he does a swinging neck breaker. Then he does a back body drop. Then he does just kind of a regular back suplex, uh, puts him up on the top rope, hooks a really nice superplex. Everything that he did looked really well, but it was just like, it looked like practice. Like, it it looked like he was just, like, training, not like it was a match yeah. or that. I don't know. It's It was just, like, move, 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 and I didn't like it. Yeah, talk about, um, the, super, talk about the superplex spot. Didn't, well, I, I started out down when Jared hit the superplex. Monsoon said, and a beauty. <laughs> it was a beauty. It looked really nice. I I had, uh, to, I had to mention that because I you know just like you and go and you and go right on monsoon daddy oh I feel like the <laughs> superplex from Double J was double beautiful. Oh thanks, you're double beautiful. Thank you. Everybody. So after the, after the superplex, he puts on the figure four, and Buck Quartermain starts literally like howling like a dog, <laughs> and he got the submission. I was like, whoa. Take it down a notch, Buck Quartermain. Like, you don't need to be like, oh. Ow, ow, ow. <laughs> so, yeah, <laughs> so like, the like winner you. is Double J Chefter by submission by the figure four leg lock and Beverly Hills. I rated this match the Dave Meltzer's famous dud. Well, I, you know, this to me, if I went quarter star with the. Um, Duke the Dumpster match. This is better than the Duke the Dumpster match. So I will go three quarters of a star for this one. Because, like you said, this match was a lot of move, move, moves, and I feel like Jeff Jarrett did the did a Memphis style match here. You know, tried you know did, hit a move, did some taunts, tried to get the crowd into it. The crowd didn't care, and it was hard for me to get into this match because of that. Because because the crowd. I don't really think he did care. enough taunts. I don't think he did enough taunts. I wish he would have done more. But I just felt like the crowd didn't care, and which hurt hurt for me. Right. I would agree with you. So after this match, 
We go to a commercial break on WWF Raw, and so will Main Event Status Radio. We'll be right back after this break. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Here once again, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy, representing Main Event Status Radio. Please go on iTunes and subscribe to us and rate and review us for we can beat the Ross Report. We would greatly appreciate that. Check us out on Facebook, facebook.com slash Radio. Like us there, interact with us. Also, another way to interact with us on social media is Twitter. For Mr. Beverly Hills, it's at Beverly Hills MES. And for me, the Dirty Dog, it's at Dirty Dog MES. And to spell dog, it's D-A-W-G. So, Facebook.com backslash Radio. That's all one word. Or on Twitter, at Beverly Hills MES. Or at Dirty Dog MES. And subscribe to us on iTunes and like us and review us. Thank you guys for listening. The following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. And three, two, one. Hey, everybody's talking about the new zip shirt. Better buy them now because when they're gone, they're gone. Get your NWO 6 t shirt for only 20 bucks. Just call 1 800 NWO 0242. NWO on the front, world famous, six pack on the back. I dare you to buy this shirt. The preceding announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. Are you ready to fight? Then step into the ring and take on Sting! There's me and my rival, the nature boy, Ric Flair. And there's a total package, Lex Luger, plus more WCW wrestlers with their own ring and cage. The only place for the ultimate grudge match! Sting's flying into the ring! Watch Lex bounce off the roof! Oh no! Rick climbed the pole! Sting comes back with the body slam! The WCW wrestlers ring and cage, you put it together. Figure so separately from Galoo. I dare anybody to take us on! All right, welcome back. It's the real main event of the show. It's the Double J double concert. Which made me laugh that he had an electric guitar and microphone set up in the ring when they came back from commercial break, Beverly Hills. Well, it was even funnier that the electric guitar was not plugged in. (laughs) Yes, which I will mention a little bit, but just like our last commercial break, it was great to see the roadie get everything set up and show us his road work. Yes, yes, yes. So we got a long, long microphone check, yes. which was funny. Well, here, this is a good time for me to say this story. Okay, All right. So probably, actually probably about 20 years ago, probably around the 1995 time, my family was at the Rice County Fair in Fairmont, Minnesota, and we were just walking around, whatever, touring around, maybe I'm eating a corn dog or something. And there's a tent set up that says concert, okay? Mountain Ash is going to be playing. And my dad's like, oh, I know a guy who plays in Mountain Ash. Let's watch it. All right, we sit down. And we probably sat there for like 45 minutes. And all we heard was exactly what <laughs> Double J and, Ro- and the roadie were doing. We hear, check, 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 one, two, check, check, mic, mic, mic. <laughs> it's like we sat there for so long. And I don't know why. I don't know. It's just the stories of your childhood, right? Why did we sit there so long just watching this idiot do a mic check because my dad kept being like, well, well, maybe it'll start like in a couple minutes. It looks like they're getting ready. And then finally we're like, oh, my God, let's just go home. <laughs> well, I, felt, I thought this segment went, went too long. 
I think toward the end it did. I would agree with you. And I felt, I felt, it felt like, you know, like what, what you mentioned earlier in the podcast, Beverly, that it makes sense that, they, that this segment seemed like it went by a little too long when they were on their holiday tour and they only had half the roster. It seems that way, yeah. But yeah, like you said about the electric guitar, it made me laugh that I noticed it wasn't even plugged in. Like, well, kid doesn't even, even look like they have a like a wireless Thema Bob plugged into it. And you know, one a couple times it's like Jeff was gonna play it, nothing came through. So I'm like, yeah, it's not even plugged in. Like that's pointless. Right. And all that. <laughs> well, that might. I think that's maybe kind of a joke too. Yeah. Oh yeah, then they were you know Jeff asked for a spotlight and they didn't give him one. Then they got some, <laughs> yeah. they got some feedback and go red a Monsoon mentioned Kevin Dunn being the producer. Yes, which makes me laugh that it's like they were you know jabbing Kevin Dunn you know making a joke out of it, which is so funny how Kevin Dunn's still the producer for WWF yeah, events nowadays. Yeah, and I sometimes think maybe that's why they look the exact same 20 years from now. We still have the same producer, haven't changed it for 20 years. It's still the same exact guy, which I think is, I don't know, something that I think they should think about. <laughs> you know, I guess the, the product is aging because he's still the producer, but whatever. Beverly Hills, if you and I are still doing main event status radio in 20 years, a couple of things. One, I hope Kevin Dunn isn't our producer. <laughs> yes, and I hope we don't we don't have the same producer constantly f- throughout the twenty years of main event status radio. Yes, and I also hope that I'm not on the phone in twenty years. Yes, we're going to be in a spaceship. I hope you and I would be do more in studio podcast. <laughs> yes. Then, yeah, I'll be Je- doing it on my hoverboard. Yes. Then Jeff Jarrett walked out because he was frustrated and all that fun stuff. Then we, yes. go, then we go backstage with Super Dave Osborne. Right. And we see a highlight from his show the week before. Beverly, I was uninterested in this segment. What is the show with Super Dave? So Super Dave is just this guy. He's like a comedian who plays the character of like this stuntman, like Evil Knievel style. But the joke is that he's really bad at it. So we got that clip where he was in a parachute and then he ran right through the door of the casino or whatever. So whatever, that's just the thing. It's kind of pre kind of jackass, just a person getting hurt and you laughing at it. Yeah. That's about it. <laughs> and then, then, then uh, Gorilla and Sean Nicholas put over the take team kind of match and we go to a commercial break and we come back and the match has already started. Yeah, which was weird. And to be honest, because I'll admit it, it right now, because they went to a they came back from a commercial break, and the match already started. That hurt my opinion about this match. Okay, fair enough. And I'll let you get into it, Beverly. Okay, so when we come back, Bam Bam uh, hits a suplex on Luger and gets a two count. Um, Tatanka comes back in, starts working on Luger. Um, gets a clothesline on him, and then that's when Bam Bam comes in and does three straight headbutts to Luger's shoulder, which is yes. funny. Was, you know, right, right around this time, I did write down a, another funny line from Michaels that I had to mention. Okay. Michael, Michael said, and I quote, Luger finally gets exposed to his lack of talent. Yep, there you go. See, that's what I was talking about before. That's exactly, that's exactly what I'm talking about. And Michaels kind of works through these little jabs that people he doesn't like. 
So after the three headbutts, uh, Bam Bam does two leg drops. Um, Luger kind of fights back against both of them, uh, gets Bulldog in for the hot tag. Uh, he rams the guys together, double knock knocker, two drop kicks. Um, Luger clotheslines Bam Bam to the outside while Bulldog and Tatanka fight in the ring. Then the finish, super awkward. Um, Bam Bam is standing on the ring apron. Um, Bulldog throws Tatanka into him. They run into each other. And then Bulldog pins Tatanka. Like nothing else. All It's off of a run into Bam Bam. That was the finisher. The winners of the match are the Allied Powers. And I read this match. The day of Meltzer famous done, Beverly Hills. Wow. Wow. Because I'll go. Well, I'll let you uh, read this match, Beverly. Okay, I'll go a star and a quarter. How this, how there was, we came back for commercial break. This match ready was ready started. We have another commercial break during the match. The the workers seemed tired, more Luger more tired, and this ending was nothing but crap, Beverly Hills. Oh my, nothing but crap. And I feel like this match was, it was pretty bad. I thought like this match was this. I feel like the first match was a hell of a lot better than this second match, Beverly. Yeah, I don't know. I d- I dare say that it was all one, and they just cut it in half. Wouldn't I? Wouldn't be surprised, yeah. It kind of seems that way, and that's maybe why we had kind of the awkward, like, we come back from commercial and they're already going at it. I think it's probably because they just cut the, you know, cut it into two. Makes sense. Then uh, Monsoon and Michael's put over what we'll see next week on Monday Night Raw. And then we end the show. Yeah, there it is. Another hype for the great... Harvey Wimpleman and, and Howard uh, and Howard yeah tuxedo match yes which is will be a five star classic I guarantee oh I'm sure it. I can't wait I cannot wait so we may as well take a commercial break we will be back with our final segment on the show we'll be right back here on Main Event Status Radio the following announcement has been paid for by the New World Order. This is the Dirty Doc Darcy of Main Event Status Radio, and I am here to tell you, listeners of Main Event Status Radio, that you guys should be off the grid like Jesse the Body Ventura. That way, the NSA can't track you guys, can't trace your calls, and cannot figure out why you guys are listening to the greatest podcast of all, Main Event Status Radio, here on Main Event Status. Shine us up real nice, Jabroni. And I know just where to stick it, Ron. What's your name? It doesn't matter what my name is. The rock smells what you're cooking. Pancakes, Ron! Pancakes! Lay the smack down in the kitchen, the loading dock, even the boiler room. Plus storylines and special guest referees. Everything inside the ring and almost anything out. WWF Smackdown. Lay it down, Jabroni. Finally, The Rock has come back to PlayStation. Oh, my ears! She's terrible! She's great. You're being too easy on her, Hulk. I like things to be easy. Like 1010-220. Exactly. I know 1010-220 is cheap, but it's easy, too. Yeah, there's no signing up. 
You just pick up the phone and dial it. And all calls up to 20 minutes are 99 cents. Easy and cheap. I'll have to try it. Thank you. I told you she was great. You should switch to decaf. <laughs> dial 1010-220. And we're back here on Mid Event Status Radio for our final segment, the ending of the show. Before we get into what we were talking about, Beverly, during that commercial break, let's talk about our main event status star and our jobber. Beverly, who is your jobber of the night? My jobber of the night is Lex Luger. Um, he was clearly featured heavily, probably the star of the show, you know, just based on ring time for sure. And I thought he didn't live up to that at all. He was boring when he was in the ring. He wasn't like I talked about, he wasn't selling very well on offense or defense. Uh, yeah, he's my jobber. My jobber is a tag team tie, Beverly. Okay. We got it. The Native American Tatanka and Bam Bam Bigelow. Oh, really? Okay. Who else loses a match by being sent into their partner, falling <laughs> over, and getting pinned? That ending was ridiculous, simply stupid, Beverly Hills. It was a terrible finish. It and really was. I feel like that ending of that match screwed over this episode of the podcast. Oh, man. It was bad. It was bad. Yes, so we may as well talk about our main event status star. Beverly, who is your main eventer for the night? Okay, my main eventer, the roadie. Good choice. <laughs> he did a great job being the roadie. I thought he played his character to a T. Loved it. All, I, yours? all I have to say about my main event status star is he thinks he's cute. He knows he's sexy <laughs> is Shawn Michaels because I because well for me it was he, he had an awesome awesome night of one liners and okay. I feel like you know him and Monsoon going back and forth helped made this this forty five minute episode of Monday Night Raw without commercials bearable. Sure, when you start seeing when you start doing those words, you know what it makes you think of what I think I'm cute. I got gold medals. <laughs> I got the moves. That makes them all tap out the angle slam, the ankle lock. Marty Gennetti still can't walk. <laughs> I love that. Oh, that's so good. I'm just, a, that. I'm just a sexy Kurt. Sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle hurt. Ankle hurt. I'm just a sexy Kurt. Sexy Kurt. I'll make your ankle hurt. Woo. <laughs> I don't know what's better, Kurt Angle doing that version, us doing the Kurt Angle's version, or the Booker T version. <laughs> I'm just a just book, a book, 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 Beautiful. Yes. So, we might as well go into the past to present segment, Beverly Hills. All right. The past president is going to be the main event of this show. Yes, because, well, before we do that, <coughs> we decided not to do a top five list because I got pissed off at the ending of the main event match, and you got pissed off. I got off pissed off at, at the internet. So we didn't, we, because of technology, we didn't get a chance to do a top five list. Fans were sorry. Correct. Yes. So we thought we'll okay. try to do, make the past to present segment a little bit longer for you guys. 
sure. Okay. So, so you go first with your pets. Okay. Well, one of the questions I have, if I have any more that I think of, I'll mention it after your question for me. My, I guess my, the question I have is, what, I know you kind of talked about it a little bit before, but what's your thoughts on the, hol- the holiday tours that WWF, WWE does and all that? I felt like this Raw hurt a lot with them only having a half the roster. I guess I'll go on to it more and say, you know, with the next couple of weeks of Raw before, before the Rumble, a long time we see that WWF champion is through a pre-taped interview. Yeah. I guess what's your thoughts on on the holiday tour and not having to see the champions every single week? Well, I don't know. I think if we're really doing, as this segment talks about just past to present, I think they've done a good job kind of remedying that current days with things like the um, tribute to the troops, which can be filmed months in advance, but can be shown and, you know, it doesn't necessarily like have to be a current storyline. I think that's a really good use of holiday. Um, I'm not against when they do like a best of, like a best of, you know, the year past, which they've done in the past. They didn't do that this year, but you know, I'm not against that. Uh, I, I don't know. I think the guys do need some time off. I think that's important. Um, so yeah, I don't know. What's your thoughts? I guess, you you know, what makes sense what you said that, you know, your wrestlers need time (laughs) off and I feel like the three hour raws are too much. Sure. You know, will they ever go back to one hour raws? No. I highly doubt it. You know, if they go back, I'll. I think I mentioned this on the podcast before, previous episodes. I'll love to see them going back to two hour raws. I highly doubt they'll make SmackDown one hour, but why not make like the Raw or one of the shows the main event status? Or oh, heck, why not do kind of similar to like what they're doing here back in ninety four, ninety five on Raw on having a couple of the main eventers on on Raw this week, then let's say, you know, John Cena and Bray White on Raw this week, then SmackDown have Randy Orton and Roman Reigns. Right. You know, kind of split it up a little bit for, we don't have to see the same guys every single week. (coughs) I guess that's just my opinion about that. Sure. Yep. Works for me. All right. So here's my past to present. Going off your main event star, which is Michael's. Um, do you think it could work currently, like past or present we're talking, do you think it would work to have a current um, star uh, as color commentator? I guess if it means to give them some time off from entering action, okay. d- depending on who they put in, I think it could work. Okay. But just be the matter of finding the right guy who can do an adequate job on the mic, they could have good chemistry with Michael Cole or whoever play-by-play man would be on doing, you know, doing play-by-play for that night. Sure. You know, yeah, like, like if we... Oh, go ahead. Oh, like I said, it it just be a matter of finding the right guy who can help advance the storyline angles and all that. Right. Like, for instance, a couple of years ago, Sorry, a couple of years ago when CM Punk did it, I thought it was fantastic. I thought he was great. Yeah. During that little time before he joined the Nexus, I thought that was really spot-on performance and a good job. It, it is all about 
I think, the right person. Because when you look at what it takes to be a commentator, but also be a current day, you know, competitor, I see you really liked it. I thought that was one of the things that hurt Michael's doing it is that he has to try to put over people as a commentator should, but he's also still trying to like keep himself looking strong. So it, it kind of gets awkward when, you know, like monsoon goes, you know, do you think so-and-so can win the rumble? And he has to be like, well, maybe, but I'm going to win it. You know? So I don't know. It's the reason I brought some, because I think it's kind of tricky you know, to try to have someone who is currently performing, um, you know, also do the commentating. Well, I guess kind of what, what you're talking about, that last night at work I listened to the most recent episode of Talk to the Shark with his guest being John Bradshaw Layfield. Okay. JBL talked about, you know, being a color commentator and all that, and his first run over on SmackDown compared, you know, it to nowadays, and I... I, I think we talked about it a little bit before, but I feel like JBL's first run solely on SmackDown was a hell of a lot better than his run now. Really? Yeah, because I feel like that. Interesting. Because I feel like Alice's run now, there's two. I think they're exposed, exposing him to too much TV. Oh, okay, okay. And I feel like that nowadays he had to do too much compared to what he had to do the first time around, as in plugging social media and all that fun stuff. I feel like him. Michael Cole and Jerry Lawler, Lawler bicker more now than him and Michael Cole did back huh. in, in, during his initial run as color commentator right. on SmackDown. Because hmm. you know what? I couldn't disagree more with you. I hated that first run pretty much for the reasons why I didn't like Michael's on commentary. I thought he was putting himself over too much. I thought it was just too much about JBL. Well, I'm going to get back in the ring and I'm going to beat him up. Burr, burr, burr. You know, just I thought that was garbage. I hated him that first run. I think he's much more tolerable, which isn't a lot to say. I don't really like JBL, but, you know, than he is now. Well, I guess I mentioned that because I don't, I'm not a big fan of the current day commentators because sure. I think, well, I know it's a different product now, but I feel like they had to do too much on plugging social media, plugging this, plugging that. They really don't talk about the matches. Sure. Which and they don't help build up the stars because I know one thing JBL mentioned during his interview with Chris Jerk was that he loves doing colored commentating because he wants to, like for the newer stars, he wants to help build them up. Oh wow! And, well, that's funny because he doesn't do that at all. Yeah, well, that's, that's an inter- it's interesting. That's his goal because he does a pretty shitty job at it. Yeah, well, I that's what he said <laughs> he wants to do is you know he wants to help plug, you know, help build up the current stars that need to be helped built up and help explain things, and that's why I feel like his first run was a little bit better than his current run, because I don't think, think I really don't feel like he does that too much, at least with what I've heard of him on pay-per-views. Sure. So, I guess, do you have any anything, do you have any other questions that you randomly thought of Beverly Hills? I do not. I guess, think of it, I know we kind of talked about this a little bit. What's your thoughts on Gorilla Monsoon and Shawn Michaels doing, being at the color booth for the night? Just in general? Um, um, yeah, it was, it was fine. Okay. You know, I'm not huge on, I'm not huge on Shawn on commentary, like I said, but I like Gorilla. 
I hope um, I, in my opinion, I feel like Sean was a little bit better in the next few weeks with McMahon. But you know, like I said at the beginning of the show, I think feel, feel like it's that Sean feels more comfortable with with McMahon and with McMahon than with Gorilla. Sure. But I, I guess you know, like I said said earlier, that Michaels really didn't have that great of chemistry with Gorilla, which kind of sucks because we 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 both love. Gorilla, and I am a huge Shawn Michaels fan. Right. So, I guess we may as well end the show for the for the podcast for the week. Beverly, do you have any uh, final comments or anything? I do not. Looking forward to the next few weeks on the road to WrestleMania. So yeah, like what we said earlier in the earlier in the podcast that this is our road to WrestleMania 11. Nice. Well, then we're covering every Raw up to you know the Rumble. Which will be here in a few weeks. So we're covering the Rumble, then we're covering every uh, up to WrestleMania 11 and WrestleMania 11, in which we figured out last week, Beverly Hills. Our review will come right around the time of WrestleMania 31. Yes, it will. So I'm excited about that. You guys can listen to us on our website, maineventstatus.com. Again, it's maineventstatus.com. You guys can also listen to us at our SoundCloud page, soundcloud.com backslash maineventstatusradio. Again, that's soundcloud.com backslash radio. You guys can talk to us on our on uh, our Facebook page, facebook.com slash radio. That's all one word. Like us, talk to us there. You guys can uh, talk to us on Twitter. Beverly, how can they follow you on Twitter? Um, at Beverly Hills M-E-S. And for me, it's Dirty Dog M-E-S, dog as in D-A-W-G, Dirty Dog M-E-S. You guys also... Like us, well, I guess not like us, subscribe to us on on iTunes. You know, search us out, Main Event Status Radio. We'll be the second feed, you know, the one with all the all the episodes and all that. Subscribe to us. Help us move up the podcast feed because we want to beat the Ross report and all that fun <laughs> jazz, especially that uh, Jim Ross is, uh, I guess, good, back on the color booth this weekend with uh, yes. New Japan and all that, which is exciting. I'm excited to hear how well he does and all that fun stuff. But we want to beat the Ross report, so subscribe to us on iTunes. You know, rate, rate us and review us. Help us move up the charts for more people can see us and want to jam out to main event status radio, daddy-o. Awesome. And for Mr. Beverly Hills, I am the Dirty Dog Darcy. We'll talk to you guys next time on Main Event Status Radio. Goodbye, sweet Bertha. Ladies and gentlemen, that's fantastic. That is our show, ladies and gentlemen.